Okay. Uh, just wanted to jump in real quick after I already posted the episode. I totally forgot to check Twitter and make sure that uh, Jurion Dickey had committed. He has. Uh, he has officially signed his national letter of intent. Jurion Dickey, our highest rated wide receiver, I believe, in this class, is officially an Oregon Duck. Also, jump on over to Oregon Football t- uh, Instagram. We have some big boys on the offensive line. Uh, no one like crazy high recruited that I can see. Um, but some of these dudes on the offensive defensive line are huge. Definitely worth a look. Anyway, that's it. Back to the show. Well, holy shit. I'm back. I'm not dead, obviously. Um, hold on a second. My audio is being really weird. Check. Okay. There we go. Did I? Is my volume? No? Not reducing any decibels. Huh. Okay. Anyway. Welcome to the show that will eventually no longer be called West Coast Football. If that, uh, if I do continue doing this silly show that I haven't done in, what, two months? Uh, I, I... I discovered there's another show that has the name West Coast Football. I didn't know about it. I literally thought that I had come up with a name. I guess I should have realized that it's actually a really good name for a football podcast that covers West Coast football teams. I should have known it was already in use, but I didn't. So here we are. What a day for Oregon football it was, though. I, I did not expect National Signing Day to go this well. Uh, and there's still two more days that recruits have to sign. But I, I like everybody else, was just... I was worried with how it was going to go. But it went a hell of a lot better than I think any of us would have ever anticipated. So, in celebration of that, I have some Jack Daniels over ice because... Jack is cheap. It's not horrible. It's not what I usually drink, but it's Christmas, and I had to buy presents for people, so I don't have money for my usual my usual whiskey choice. So, here we are. Jack Daniels for the Oregon Ducks. Say what you will about Jack. I know it's not, like, anything to write home about, really, but I like it. I like the, I like the sourness. I don't know. It's good for what it is. Anyway, today started out with, and I'm just on ESPN right now. Obviously, I know a lot more happening than just these handful of players, but these are the big names. These are the ones I got notifications for on my phone. These are the ones I wanted to talk about because uh, there's like, what do the Odds and Audibles guys say? What, 31? players committed to Oregon right now between who has actually signed, which is only a handful. Stupid car. Uh, Between people who have signed, uh, a couple pickups in the transfer portal, and a whole bunch of incoming freshmen, there's like 31, and there are talks that it could even get all the way up to 40, which is absolutely insane. So, for right now... Oh, wait a minute. Is that... Oh my god, I just figured out where my echo was coming from. I had direct monitoring on my interface. Whoops. Anyway, we'll start with the first big flip of the day from this morning. 
uh, four-star quarterback, Austin Novosad, who had previously been committed to Baylor. Uh, I had no idea who this guy was. I'd never heard his name. I'm not... I'll admit, I, I don't really focus on recruits that much. I love National Signing Day. Like, I love seeing all the big names come through, and I like seeing how the staff did as far as recruiting goes. But I'm just not... I'm not into learning who these high school players are that I may or may not ever see ever on a football field. And they may not even go to my school. I have no interest in that. I know that's lame and not supporting my team or whatever the hell. But I, I just, it's not interesting to me. I We all have limited time. I don't have a show to run, really. I just do this now whenever I want to. And I'll get to that a little bit later as far as where the show is at. But I just I don't have the time to sit and watch homemade tape of these random player X from, you know, Texas who may be going to Oregon in 15 months. I just I don't have time to do that. I don't have the desire to do that. So I just look at the big names on the boards, watch who is considering Oregon and just kind of comparing how. Not necessarily how that particular player fits into the team, but how that position is valued in my eyes based on what we need that next season. But obviously, Austin Novosad, that is a huge get for Oregon, uh, considering that Dante Moore flipped to UCLA, which I think we saw coming as soon as... It was really confirmed as soon as Bo Nix came back, but really as soon as Kenny Dillingham left... I think we all kind of expected that just because Kenny Dillingham was the biggest recruiter of Dante Moore and he really wanted to, uh, what the hell? There's just this weird static sound and now the echo is gone almost. Sorry. I'm just having, I'm just having issues right now. I haven't done this in a really long time. Um, anyway, yeah. Kenny Dillingham was the biggest recruiter of Dante Moore and I'm not surprised that he flipped, but hey, Austin Novosad, not a bad pickup in his place. Obviously, it's kind of hard to replace the value of the number four overall player and top quarterback in the class, but it, or I guess second only to, um, what is the Manning's kid first, kid's first name? I'm totally drawing a blank. Uh, you know what? It doesn't really matter. He'll come up on the list in a little bit. Anyway, <clears throat> Austin Novosad, not a bad get, and uh, I'm happy with that. We'll see what happens with Ty Thompson. Obviously, Ty Thompson was a five-star recruit. The second, I think he was the second highest-rated recruit ever in Oregon history, next to only Kayvon Thibodeau. Who, by the way had a killer game against the uh, Washington Commanders on Monday, was it, or Sunday night? What was it, 11 tackles, 8 for ta- eight tackles for a loss, no, 8 solo tackles, 3 tackles for a loss, 1 sack, 1 fumble, and a touchdown on the strip sack. Uh, like, that's an insane stat line. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with Ty Thompson. At this point, I kind of have this feeling that he's just either he's going to explode with this coaching staff or he's just 
not great. He's physically gifted as hell, but he just doesn't grasp the game mentally. I think that's where we're at with Ty, and this is his make it or break it year. Uh, as far as his development goes, we'll see where he's at. But as of right now, fairly excited about the prospect of Austin Novosad. Uh, moving on up the list, Arch Manning. God. The hell? Okay, uh, sorry about that. There was some really weird popping in the background, like, outside. I don't... I think it was just fireworks, but it's really weird. It kind of sounded like gunshots. That was very concerning. Anyway, uh, I'm back now after that awkward interruption. I'm not going to edit this, by the way. This is just going to be as is. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this as an audio podcast, you don't know. But um, if you're on YouTube, it's obviously just a show art. I didn't feel like throwing a video element to this. I wanted to get this up quickly. Um, I just... I don't know. I didn't feel like doing it. It, I don't. This, I, I just, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm just giving a reaction anyway. It's not like an actual thought out show. I don't even have a script. I'm literally just looking at my fucking internet. Anyway, as I was scrolling up to get to the next commitment, um, I totally forgot that um, freaking Miami is doing really well and is actually above Oregon in terms of uh, recruit, I, recruits. I think Oregon is currently sitting at number six nationally and Miami is at number three. But then again, we as Oregon fans know Mario Cristobal recruits like a madman, but then he doesn't do anything with them. I, I don't know how he does it, but somehow he does. Uh, apparently, oh, I didn't even know who that guy was. Was it Malachi Nelson? Top-ranked recruit in the country, headed to USC. Interesting. I didn't know, I didn't realize that Dante Moore was actually the number three quarterback. Huh, learn something new every day. Well, screw off USC, you guys are stupid. Anyway, uh, the second one, the second big flip the safety who flipped from Notre Dame, which I love stealing recruits from Notre Dame. Notre Dame can go suck it. Anyway, Peyton Bowen, or Bowen, I will figure out how to say his name in time. Uh, he flipped from Notre Dame to Oregon. It's still just a verbal commitment. I don't know that anything has been signed. I would have to look into him a little bit more to see if he actually um, intends to sign now or in February. But he was the number 15 overall recruit. We needed secondary help bad, as I will get to in just a little bit. But that is a huge, huge get for Oregon. I was almost more excited to see him than a guy that we're going to get to later here. And I think he might be the next commitment on the list, actually. But just we needed help so badly in the safety safety department and corner, really. The entire secondary, like I said, just needed help. And I was very excited to see this. I have not... Again, just like everybody on this list, I have not watched anything of Peyton Bowen or Bowen, but number 15 overall player, uh, probably top two or three safety. I'll take it. And from what it sounds like, he's pretty physically gifted and pretty fast, and he should be ready to start day one. Can he fit, or will he be able to grasp the scheme? I think so. 
I mean, Dan Lanning's scheme seems like it has a lot more movement between the linebackers and edge rushers and like your slot corner more than it does with anyone else. But I did see a couple of rotating coverages, a couple of um, couple of shell rotations in the in the safeties between the between the safeties uh, here and there this last season. But not that much. For the most part, most of the movement came from the linebackers, which was kind of interesting. But yeah, Peyton Bowen, really, really good ad for Oregon. And next, yes, yes, it is. Hold on one second. I was right. Defensive end, Mateo Uyungulele. I can never say his name right, but I think I got it there. Number 65 overall prospect, obviously younger brother of DJ Uyungulele, who was originally linked to, at least for a couple of days, he was linked to transfer to Oregon. Bo came back. Those rumors quickly died out. And uh, his brother is coming to Oregon. He... I, I uh, did see... Let me pull it up on my phone here. I saw a tweet from his dad, actually. He uh, he shared a post on Twitter. He said, For some that don't know, he grew up a Duck fan, so it's not a surprise for us that... Uh, for us that know. It's a childhood dream. It was his first offer in 8th grade, which I think is fucking insane that these kids get offers in 8th grade. Like, what? You know what I was doing in 8th grade? I was playing Call of Duty Nazi Zombies until 3 in the morning on a school night. Now, that's my fault. <laughs> I had already left the game of football for, I think I've talked about it before. I had a head, I, my head coach, my first and third years of football was just an asshat, and he killed my love of the game. He didn't, basically, if you weren't already kind of good at something, he wouldn't teach you how to do it. And it's like, dude, that might work in high school. But we're eight years old. Teach us how to play the game. Teach us the positions we want to play. If we're not good at it, fine. Don't play us there. But at least give us a shot. And he didn't. And it killed my love of the game. And so I left. I wish I would never have left. I could probably make a decent cornerback at corner back at my size. I'd be a very small quarterback. Um, but I could make a decent corner or safety. I think. Anyway. Um. Oh, right. I was reading the tweet. Sorry, my brain is all over the place. Uh, Oregon was his first offer in eighth grade, and his favorite college player played there. The Black Mamba D'Anthony Thomas. I'm so excited for him. Hashtag family is everything. That is from Dave Uyunglele, DJ and Mateo's dad. So, knowing that he was a Duck fan his whole life, I, I don't know that that knowledge was public or... I think people knew that he liked Oregon a lot, but I don't know that anybody necessarily knew that he was a huge Duck fan his entire life. Um, but now knowing that, I am not surprised he committed to Oregon, and I feel like he'll be here for the long haul. Plus, coming in, he is easily, easily the best defensive lineman. Defensive end, defensive lineman, whatever that Oregon has. And he hasn't even played a snap. And he has the name recognition. So there's that. Um, some kids, that kind of is a problem. It puts a lot of pressure on them. Some kids crack under the pressure the first year or two. But I really think that that's just going to... I mean, he's he's the best player on the defensive line, and he's probably rivaling, rivaling Noah Sewell for the best player in the first level of the defense. And there's some rumors, or at least some ideas, being thrown around that I kind of back up. What if we put Noah Sewell 
as a hybrid edge rusher and linebacker. I know that technically in the NFL, defensive ends, it is an actual position, but most teams classify them as outside linebackers because they do play some coverage. If you're a true, all you get paid to do is rush the quarterback, then you're a defensive end. And right now, DJ or Mateo is a defensive end. Um, but I could totally see that kind of changing a little bit and moving into more of an outside linebacker role and Noah Sewell moving into that more traditional outside linebacker role instead of the, um, what is he, the Sam linebacker right now? I think he's the, he's, I think he's the Sam. I could totally see them working together and putting on these nasty pass rushes if we have the interior defensive line to support it. That's the catch. Because sacrificing Noah Sewell in the middle for the run game, that's huge. And offensives, opposing offenses could just key on that. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the other one that's mentioned here is corner Dalen Austin, who's a number 142 prospect overall. Um, and uh, he flipped from LSU. So I hadn't heard about him. I've heard he's also a bigger body. Um, he's like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, six, I think, like 195 pounds, so a little bit of a bigger body for a uh, corner. But big, big kid coming out of high school. Um, and at the time of this update, it looks like we had 13 ESPN 300 recruits, and we had moved up to like number 8 or 9 in the nation, I think, for uh, recruiting classes. Obviously, uh, one of the ones that hurts a little bit is Caleb Presley flipping from Oregon to Washington. He was a number 221 overall recruit. But given the fact that we added Dalen Austin and uh, Peyton Bowen earlier in the day, not real worried about that. We'll get to see him on Saturday at one point in the next couple of year, over the next few years. So hope he enjoys his time up there in Seattle. Uh, nothing really against him at all. Does kind of suck, but... Hey, we got better players. Uh, the other one that I didn't really understand, that I didn't know was like a really likely flip, was previous Notre Dame commit. Yes, two Notre Dame flips. Again, give me every chance I can to screw over Notre Dame. Sorry, had to drink some water. Four-star running back Jaden Lamar out of Washington flipped from Notre Dame to Oregon. He's been committed to Notre Dame since May, so I am very, very impressed that uh, that they were able to flip him. That's huge. And apparently, uh, like most teams, will they'll send coaches out to these big, big name kids' homes to do some in-home visits the week or two leading up to National Signing Day. Notre Dame hasn't sent any coaches to visit Jaden Lamar in like three weeks. And he's come to Oregon twice in the last month and a half. So should have seen it coming. I really, like I said, I don't really stay up on the recruiting news very much. It's very, very boring to me. Um, but huge get. Uh, anyway, huge, huge day for Oregon football. I am very, very impressed with this coaching staff. They, <laughs> they, they said some big things were coming and God damn, were they not lying? They just killed it today. They moved. I mean, Oregon jumped up like 11 or 12 spots 
over the course of today. It was it was absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, I I was I was very very impressed uh, with what they were able to do. Uh, let's see. I'm looking for the list of the top classes. Um, I saw the list earlier in the article I just clicked on. It was locked behind the ESPN Plus paywall, which I don't pay for anymore because I have the athletic. Where did it go? I don't know where it went. Oh, well. Oregon was number six last I checked. Um, and that that's huge. Let me jump over to uh, 24-7 Sports, actually. That might be where it was at. Let's see. Well, they have a list of winners and losers as far as National Signing Day is concerned. Oh, that's interesting. They have Ohio State as losers for today. Interesting. And Notre Dame, of course, we know. <laughs> we stole two of their guys, which makes me very happy. As I said, that makes me very, very happy. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Ah, okay, here we go. Uh, from Duck Territory on 24-7 Sports. In the span of roughly six hours, Oregon went from holding the nation's number 14 ranked recruiting class to the number seven class as they beat out USC and Ohio State for five-star Ed Rusher Mateo Uyunglele. Uh, okay. So, number seven is where we officially are at. My dog grumbled. Hi, Sirius. He doesn't care. So we're at number seven. That's huge. I am very, very pumped about this, and I am extremely excited to see where this team goes next year, especially with uh, Bo Nix coming back. That is huge. I, I know it cost us Dante more, but we know what we have with Bo Nix. We know what this team looks like with Bo Nix, and we just added one of the best recruiting classes in the history of the Oregon Ducks. I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. And don't forget, Marcus Mariota and Justin Herbert were four stars. Three star. They were three star recruits. Each one of them had like three or four offers from Division I schools. And look what happened. They are the two best quarterbacks in the history of the Oregon Ducks. Bo Nix, very, very close third. But just because we didn't get the five star quarterback doesn't mean that the four-star isn't going to be stellar. And again, look at where our current five-star is at. He's set to ride the bench for his third season. Don't put all your stock in one player. Sometimes it is better to get a higher volume than it is to get one good player. I understand a quarterback is the backbone of your team, but it's worth it. I think it's worth it. So, um, a little bit of me update. Uh, not that anybody really cares because the highest listenership that I've had on this show is 25, 27 people. 
What in the hell? Hold on. Apparently the universe just doesn't want me to record tonight. There was like a group of, I don't know, high schoolers going down the street yelling and freaking out my dog and just, it was weird. I forgot where I was at. Oh, right. Uh, where I've been for all 27 of you who may or may not see this episode since it's been so long and the algorithm's going to push me the hell down. Uh, it's really simple, honestly. Uh, I got busy because it's football season and I just, I love watching football, so I choose to watch football more than make this show. And because I work a full-time job, I don't have time to make the show and watch all the football games. Uh, also, when I do have time to be creative, I'm a musician first. As much as I love talking football, and I will still, I do plan on making shows next season. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll try and be consistent next year, but... As of right now, I would I just my creative interests lie in music, and that's where I wanted to go. That's what I wanted to do, uh, and then I promptly just didn't play music. So I don't know. Next year, maybe I'll try and be consistent. If not, at the very least, when there's a crazy weekend of football, or when there's a when Oregon or the Chargers have a crazy game, then I'll probably make an episode. But until then. I, I just, it's not really my, it's not really where my interests are at right now. And that's just how it's going to be. Obviously, it doesn't really matter to you guys, but hey, that's where I'm at. So here's an episode, but I'll probably make one after the bowl game. And Lord knows if the Chargers make the playoffs, I'll make one every fucking week. But for right now, this is, uh, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be inconsistent. And yeah, that's that. Uh, so what I wanted to touch on real quick with the Chargers, uh, just for a few minutes here, is two weeks ago when they lost to the Raiders, three weeks ago when they lost to the Raiders, we all thought the season was done. Like, we thought they were fucked. And yet, they won against the Dolphins somehow. And last this last weekend... They somehow beat the Titans. I don't know how they did it. I mean, I know how they did it schematically. Like, I know what they did. But I don't know where they found the mentality to do it. And now they have an 81% chance to make the playoffs. And they can clinch a playoff spot this Sunday. If they win their game against the Colts, which they should. Uh, By the way, uh, I'm going to give a prediction of... Chargers 27 Colts 20 I think they can pull a full touchdown victory they're currently favored by four points at least last I checked but I think they can pull a full touchdown victory anyway if they win their game this weekend and the Raiders lose or tie the Patriots lose and the Jets lose the Chargers clinch a playoff spot three weeks ago they had a 21%, 22% chance to make the playoffs. They have an 81% chance now, and they can clinch this Monday. Depends on what happens on Saturday and Christmas Eve, but as of right now, they could clinch on Monday. And I, you have no idea how stoked I would be for Justin Herbert. Actually, you do. If you're listening to this podcast. You're a Duck fan, too. At the very least, you're a Ducks fan. You may not be a Chargers fan, and that's okay, but you're a Ducks fan, at least. 
you know what Justin Herbert means to us and to Eugene and to the university. And if he won, if he won a Super Bowl, <laughs> I don't know what would happen to this town. It would be Justin Herbert everything. I, I, I don't. He would get his own building at the University of Oregon. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know what would happen. It, it things would burn. Things would probably burn. But first, we got to get to the playoffs. Uh, and it's very likely. Um, that is, if Joe Lombardi can get out of his own way and stop being a fuckwad. Uh, ex- sorry for calling him a fuckwad, but he's just... He goes turtle. When things... When they get a lead of more than two possessions or when things start going not right or when they have one bad play because he called a trick play on first and ten to start a drive... Or the entire half. Sometimes sometimes he calls a trick play to start the half. He, he just turtles. And he loses any symbolism of aggressiveness that he had. And it has cost the Chargers games. And almost cost them a couple of other times as well. But, hey, Justin Herbert is superhuman. I mean, he's not. But he, act, he throws like he is. <laughs> He can make up for some of those deficiencies. Also just saw the Pro Bowl roster. Uh, the Chargers had seven Pro Bowlers coming into this year. They have two. That's it. Uh, Derwin James and... Oh, God, who was the other one? Was it Asante? It might have been Asante Samuel. Either that or it was... Uh, no, it wasn't one of the receivers because they were hurt. I think it was DJ and Asante. I think those were the two pro bowlers. Justin Herbert is a second alternate for the pro bowl this season. And that is squarely on Joe Lombardi's head. Like, that is 100% Joe Lombardi's fault. 100%. Oh, it was Khalil Mack. <laughs> it was Derwin James and Khalil Mack. I knew that. Um, yeah, Derwin James, Khalil Mack, the two starting Pro Bowl chargers. And, uh, yeah, Justin Herbert's a second alternate. Corey Lindsley is first alternate for center. And uh, there was another... I felt like there was another defensive lineman or something that was another alternate. There's a couple. I think Keenan Allen is like a second alternate for receiver. Austin Eckler is a first alternate for running back. You know, the usual snubs that the Chargers get. Anyway, it's a popularity contest, not a measure of how good a player is. I'm rambling now, so I'm going to wrap this up. I just wanted to talk for about the Ducks for a little bit. I had to get it off my chest. There's no one really at my work who's super into the into football like I am. I mean, there's a couple people that follow it and they pay attention and they watch the games, but they don't get into it the way that I do. And I love my wife to death, but she just cannot keep up. <laughs> kind of drives her crazy sometimes, and I need an outlet. And like I said, that's why I started this podcast in the first place. And I just kind of fell away from it for creative reasons anyway thank you for listening to me ramble for 30 minutes again this is going to be completely unedited i actually don't think i'm gonna even put it on youtube i I don't really want to 
I don't want to open up the the video editor and all of that, and it's a totally low-key episode anyway, so, you know what? I'm just going to put it up as an audio only. So there you go. All right, well, um, I'll probably have another, I might do another episode up towards the end of the year after the Holiday Bowl against North Carolina, or is it NC State? I believe it is UNC. So I'll have a video up after that. Uh, see how Bonix looks. His ankle should be better by now. I would expect fully mobile Bonix. Um, interim offensive coordinator, so that should be interesting. And yeah, more recruiting news to come, more NFL news to come. Every game matters now. We're down to the wire in the NFL. I fucking love it. Playoff time is my favorite time of year, and for the Chargers, they can lose one game, um, preferably against the Rams would be the game that they should lose if they're going to lose any of them, but they can lose one game and still make the playoffs, so we'll see, but every game is a playoff game at this point. Pulling for the Chargers, and you should too, just for or just just for Herbert. Just for Herbert, please. Please, even if you're the fan of another team, root for the Chargers just because of Herbert. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I will see you guys probably, or talk to you guys probably in a week or a little bit more. And hopefully, maybe in February with some Super Bowl talk for the Chargers. I'm not insane. I don't think that's going to happen. But, hey, never say never, right? All right. Bolt up. Go Ducks.